Hello and welcome to Just Needs, a podcast where we talk about parenting children with disabilities. I'm your host, Christina Kozik. I too am a parent of a child with a disability. And let me just say, I'm so glad that you're here. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from receiving a new diagnosis to transitioning your older child out of school and beyond. This podcast is a project of Exceptional Lives, a nonprofit organization that supports families like yours. You can learn more about Exceptional Lives at our website, www.exceptionallives.org. Now grab a seat and listen along as I talk about what it's like to be a parent of a young adult with a disability. This week's podcast was a blog piece originally written by Julie McKinney. It's about her son and her experience as his mom, and I'm honored to share it with you. My child is an adult. How can that be? It's always hard to believe when our children grow up and become officially adults. It always happens in various ways. Some get their driver's license at 16 or 17. They can join the military at 17. And at 18, they're legally adults. For kids with disabilities, especially significant developmental disabilities, they don't have these same milestones. For them and their parents, the path to adulthood is often different and it's often harder. However a young adult's path goes, they are thrust out into the world and expected to fend for themselves with less and less support from us, their parents, and we're left to wring our hands and pray that they'll be okay. My son Tyler is a sweet boy who loves trains, snuggling, and listening to the wiggles. While his dad and brothers tower over me, I still have to bend down to hug him. I can even give him a piggyback ride if I need to, and sometimes I need to. He insists in his own way that I tuck him in at night. It's hard to believe that at 22, he's an adult. I do get glimpses now and then that remind me he's not a little kid. He went through the teenage get away from me phase, just like his brothers. Tyler doesn't talk, but when he pushes me away, I can hear the subtitle. Come on, mom. I'm watching my videos. Leave me alone. At age 22, there's a big milestone for kids with disabilities, especially significant developmental disabilities. They age out of special education and switch to adult services. This cutoff, which can feel like a cliff, reminds us parents that even though our kids seem like fragile little children, they're actually adults. My son reached this cutoff this year, and I'm still wrapping my head around it. Tyler has a significant intellectual disability and needs help with almost every daily task. This summer, in a sudden wrenching of his life, he had to leave the residential school he'd been in for four years and move to an adult group home. On the surface, it doesn't seem like such a big change. He's still in a house with eight residents and lots of support staff. He still takes a van every day to a place where he does activities geared towards his interests and goals, although it's now a dayhab or a dayhabilitation center rather than school. But there are many things that have thrown our family for a loop because adult programs do things differently than schools. So what are the biggest differences for young adults with significant disabilities in their families? First, they have different peers. The biggest whoa moment was when we toured the group home. The residents ranged from age 22, Tyler, to 72, which really drove it home that this was not school anymore. And I worry, will he relate to these new peers in the same way? Will there be enough youthful activity to keep him engaged? The second huge change was less parent involvement. Maybe it's just because of the older residents, but the home and the program managers are not used to keeping us, his parents, in the loop. Sometimes I have to remind people to include us in emails and invite us to doctor appointments. Although the day program has therapists on site, like speech therapists and occupational therapists, I haven't been able to talk to them directly. 
And while this may be a COVID issue, we can't just go to his house and hang out with him, showing that we're still a part of his life in this new place. It just doesn't feel right. But then I guess all parents have to get used to being less involved with our adult children's day-to-day lives. Lastly, it's a more hands-off approach. Schools use IEPs and learning goals. They push students to engage in activities and learn new independent skills. I knew that Tyler's teachers and therapists would make him brush his teeth, even if they had to brush with him hand over hand. They'd strongly encourage him to go on community outings. Now, his group home caretakers say, if he doesn't want to go, we won't push him. He's an adult. He can make his own decisions. I get that, but it can lead to slower or no progress in learning activities for daily living, also referred to as ADLs, and less community engagement. Again, it makes me worry. What parent wants their child, even an adult child, not to be pushed and engaged as much as possible? With all that being said, how am I taking care of my son and myself? Even in writing this, I find myself talking about my son's needs first, how to advocate, how to make sure his caregivers do X, Y, and Z to support his needs. How can we make sure he's not lonely? But what I meant to address was how we, his parents, have to get used to our children being out in the world out from under our umbrella and without the structure of school support and a good IEP. I know we have to let go and let our kids have some independence, even if it means their life at first may not be as full and as busy as it was when they were students. But we're still their parents and we will always do what we can to keep them happy and moving forward as much as they're able. So how do we take care of our own needs along with our adult children's? Here's what I've come up with so far. First, I stay connected to my friends and family. Talking to them helps me process this change. Second, advocate for services he needs and also for how people treat him. If I know he's being taken care of in a caring way and getting the attention he needs, we'll both be better off. Third, remember he needs to feel independent. Sometimes I have to resist helping him with things I know he can do. I have to make myself say, you can get your own iPad and fidget. They're on the couch in the other room. Lastly, give him as much love as I can. This one's easy. We FaceTime with him during the week, tell him how much we love him, and bring him home on weekends. And now, he mostly lets me snuggle with him, which is good for both of us. Y'all, I really do enjoy sharing these pieces with you. Thanks for joining me again this week, and I hope this information was not only insightful and helpful, but it gives you peace knowing that you're not going through life alone. To learn more about how to support your young adult, check out the show notes for links to our Transition to Adulthood resources and Life After the IEP blog. This podcast was written by Julie McKinney and presented by me, Christina Kozik, for Exceptional Lives. You can subscribe and follow the podcast at our website, www.exceptionallives.org forward slash just needs podcast. Our website also has blogs, guides, upcoming events, and a resource directory for Massachusetts and Louisiana. We'd love for you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Exceptional Lives. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening.